Welcome back to the Deus Will Podcast. Whoa, that was a quick start. Oh, we're just going to go for it. No, nah, normally you surprise me. You're just like, ah, yeah, whatever. Here bang, bang, bang. <laughs> we're in. Uh, off we go. How you been? Good, good. Yeah? Father Stephen, welcome back to St. Charles Rectory. Thank you, Father Daniel Kale. It's good to be here in your rectory. Welcome back to my humble abode. Oh, yes, the Deus Vault Cave. Mark II. <laughs> yeah, it's kinda. much more. It's much more organized. I think it's it Mark III at this point, isn't it? Mark III. Oh yeah, no, three I different forgot. rooms. Gosh, it is like a Batman movie. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many different iterations can the Batcave go through? I don't know. I mean, honestly, the Batmobile is what's principally known to go through iterations. Oh, that's true. Honestly, that's true. And though they're always so iconic, like nobody kind of makes me sad. No one really cares about the cave, but I, yeah. I do. I yeah. care. Like, where does? Batman do his laundry and stuff. It's important. <laughs> uh, actually, Batman doesn't do his own laundry. He has Alfred. Who's kidding yeah. who? But. Thanks, Alfred. Thanks, Alfred. Everybody needs an Alfred. Honestly, yes. Is this, is this how quick we're going to get into it? I, You know, I didn't plan on that. Honest <laughs> to God, I didn't. Um, but I guess, yeah, our topic today, my brothers and sisters, sorry, that was short banter, but don't worry, it'll pick up as we go. Yeah. Our we'll, topic is we'll, another, yeah. We'll inject banter as we go. Oh, yeah. Because... <laughs> yeah. That's not new. <laughs> yeah, right. You're used to that. Yeah, brace yourselves. But no, it's uh, the topic today is Batman again. And again, I was honestly inspired by our last conversation on the screw tape letters because ah. we have a whole series of uh, commentaries on those now. What are we on? Five? Six? Yep, that was the fifth, the fifth, fifth, chapter. fifth installment. Very of, cool. Yep. Very cool. So, anyway. So, this is a second installment of. The Batman Chronicles. The Batman Chronicles. I don't, I don't know. We'll think I, of a good name. If yeah. someone out there in podcast land can think of a good way to title whatever this series is. Because <laughs> brothers and sisters, again, when I go on vacation, when I'm hanging out with like my, my buddy Wolf and stuff, I watch Batman cartoons. Not like <laughs> I don't binge, but I probably watch two a day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it is pretty good. And again, like this stuff was made in like 92. It is like... In, I'm sure the other episode is labeled with like Batman in the title somewhere, right? No, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, probably something the like first that. time. Oh, I it did was, this... I think it was Killer Croc, something. Like that. Oh yeah, Killer Croc and and Batman or something. Yeah. Anyways, so if you want to know like my history with like Batman in the series, like that's all in that first episode. If it's true, it's really driving you nuts, and you got to know. But what we're gonna do <laughs> is similar, sort of, to the Screw Tape Letters. Me and Dan just watched an episode of Batman the Animated Series, and. It's really good. I enjoyed it. I don't know. What did you think of it? It was good. Um, I was surprised by the presence of a Catholic priest. Right. We'll get to that. So, yeah. oh, side note, spoilers are going to, like, because we have to talk about this whole episode. The whole right. episode, in right. my opinion, is just, it's just gorgeous. This was one of my favorite ones. What's the title of the episode? Uh, it's Never Too Late. Oh, it's Never Too That's right. It said that. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, got the, they got the beautiful title cards at the beginning, almost like an old movie. It's mm-hmm. really, again... So I'm going to just nerd out just a tad right now. Again, like, I just love the way the whole thing was drawn. Like, I really sure. appreciate it now as an as an adult more than I did as a kid, although I thought it looked cool as a kid. But I didn't realize what they were doing. There's so much of, like, the 1950s mm. that are bottled up in these. So it's it's clearly sort of set that you can't really pin down, like, the technology level. Uh, it's – obviously, the cartoon was drawn in the early 90s. So there's all these little – there's computers – there's listening devices, there's, right. you know, gadgets, 
Uh, but but the weapons say that the gangsters are carrying are Tommy guns. They're they're <laughs> yeah. you know they, they're drum loaded Tommy guns like something you'd see back in Prohibition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, date so line. You know, it's, it's a little bit anachronistic. <laughs> well, yeah, but it uh, but it works. Uh, it, it's beautiful. And then everybody's draw, driving like these nineteen fifties s cars and that sort of oh, thing. Yeah, fifties. I think they're like. They're, even they're, really, they're like, like 40s. 40s. Yeah. yeah. Again, there's, there's just these beautiful sort of like sharp edges to them. Yeah. And then they're watching black and white television and stuff. Oh, yeah. And so like there's all <laughs> these, but they have remote controls. And so <laughs> it's like this really oh, yeah, that's a good weird, point. weird sort of like art. I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, hmm. But yeah, anachronistic is probably the best way. They've merged some things to very clearly signal that this isn't like real. But at the same time, like, it has such hallmarks to, like, reality in the past. There's right. really a beautiful tie into history. Anyways, so, and it's, final point on that. Like, there's something of, like, this is very clearly an American cartoon. Like, because, again, the whole thing is, gosh, Dan, you're yawning over I'm there. I'm sorry. It was, uh, I had the early mass this morning. 6.15 oh, uh, at St. Charles. Oh, <clears throat> it's good. Anyways. Yeah. And then I, it's like that, you know, you come out of a movie, all you want to do is sleep. Anyways. Uh, it depends yeah. on the movie you watch, I guess. But sure. The, well, I digress. The there's a German word for that. <laughs> there is for like wanting to sleep when you get out of a movie. Uh huh. Well, it's it's the it's the feeling that you have when you leave a movie theater and it's still broad daylight. Do you know what it is? Tagesschlussspielschock. <laughs> so ta- Tagesschlicht is uh, daylight, and Spielschock is is like show shock. Mm-hmm. So. It's the it's the shock that you get. It's the feeling of bewilderment you get when you walk out of a dark movie theater into broad daylight. How do you know that? Um, I have a I have a little bit of a fancy for weird German words. <laughs> I never knew that about you. Okay, and now everyone I'll else show you a book too. after this. There's a book called Schadenfreude by um, uh, I can't remember some German guy. It's, well, a, a German student, really, but it's a it's a book full. See, here's your banter, people. Yeah, you it's, were worried. It's, weren't it's you? a book full of of so with German. You can kind of like it's like, Germans like Legos, where you can kind of like take pieces of words and just plunk them all together, and they mean something different. Ooh. But you can have like a twenty-three syllable word that means <laughs> something specific that you just like specify more and more and more with these different mm-hmm. pieces of different words, and they all go together. Anyway, I'll have to show you the book afterwards. I, I, I look forward to I it. I own it. It's right over there. The German language, <laughs> brought to you by Madmen, but the, uh, especially me. Gosh, yeah. we keep. Circling back to everything German, but I just, I just want to talk about an American cartoon, man. <laughs> That's right. I know. Sorry. Well, I, honestly, that was somewhat interesting. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. so yeah, the uh, the sense that you get from from watching this is a very well. It's very the whole thing is very dark. Oh yeah. I mean, like the the opening scene is like children playing in the street with a ball, and it's like night. It's like the dead of night, <laughs> and, and it rolls over. It rolls. Well, it's it's dusk to be fair. Again, because the dead of night comes later, and it gets really oh, that's dark. Fair. That's fair. The, you're um, right. You're but, right. But but no, you're not wrong. Like it's clearly the end of the day, and like the ball rolls over to these to these uh, big gated mansion off mm. house, and the kid runs over to get the ball, and the little girl like looks up and sees like where she is to get the ball, and she hurries away from it, and so like again, immediately there's this communicate. Again, like I think it's some of the best mm. animation ever done in the history of animation. I'm not right. lying. Right. Like that's the thing is like the, the quality of animation, it's it's drawn pictures and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? I think we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Like right, the style. We did. But so like it's not 
the style of animation that we maybe we're used to from from nowadays, where it's all computer animated yeah. stuff, which it's, isn't has its uses, but yeah, this is right. like there's craftsmanship almost involved. Right, here. it's much more artful, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, I mean, just commenting on it, like there's a lot of uh, like sharp lines that are contrasted with a round, and uh, I mean, even like the top of Batman's head is two pointed ears, and then there's that. Yeah, the dome in between like no but like <laughs> yeah, it right. communicates uh, i don't know what how they managed it but it catches your attention right. that's all i'm saying but you're right though it, it does so i know what you're trying to get at here as far as storytelling goes mm-hmm. you know they they show children playing and they're they're immediately the sense the sense of children they're immediately sort of afraid of this place they know something is dark and right and they, something's something off. is evil or right. or uh just, just not quite right about this place. They don't want to. I don't want to be near it. And so immediate. So this is like literally the first four seconds of the episode. And if I and you could honestly piece this episode apart just like that. Yeah. Because like that's how much story they packed into what they were they were doing, both in their telling and in their showing. So again, mm-hmm. like as far as like a demonstration of like American craftsmanship, mm-hmm. like that's what this show. Is in my opinion, and yeah. that's that sounds like super high praise. You're like, this is a kid's show that's 22 minutes long that you'd plunk your kid down after school so you could like just get your house organized before he tear it apart again, and you could yell at him to do his homework. Just reliving that's some oddly specific there, on, like a German word. I but see. the uh, <laughs> 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 but the but but there it is. And like again, maybe I'm I'm making mountains out of molehills, but there's something beautiful when people mm-hmm. take their craft. Seriously, mm-hmm. both in storytelling and in like artistic production. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, you tell the story, Dan, because like I said, I'm going to sidetrack myself every five seconds. Let's just put this in a nutshell. So spoilers start here and we'll continue from here on out, brothers and sisters. Okay. Um, if so you be- want to sit down with your kids and watch this, or if you are a kid and want to watch this, again, like, and don't want to ruin the episode, come back and you can listen to us do our commentary. But go yeah. ahead and give the, yeah. uh, describe the episode. It. Okay, so the episode in a nutshell is that you have this? Uh, they introduce the character of a kind of a mob boss. Yeah, Stromwell. You know, is think his name. Stromwell. Yeah. Okay. So you think kind of like uh, Godfather, kind of Sopranos, this kind of feel to the to the environment, right? He's got he's got like henchmen who are around him, and you you learn early on that his that his son has disappeared somewhere, mm-hmm. and he's all bent out of shape over it. And then he's watching a news broadcast in which they're talking about the mob war. There are apparently two opposing families families of, of mob men. It's very, very Italian, you know. Uh, <laughs> it actually super is. <laughs> super, super Italian. That's like, you know, I didn't really watch like The Sopranos. I knew enough about it to like know. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of feels like that with less terrible things. Right. Um, so anyway, that kind of vibe. It's a show made for Ita- Italian mob. Italian mob, right. right. So anyway... Uh, so that's that's where you see that, right? And then they he, he desires the the Stromwell guy. He desires to put together a meeting between him and the other mob boss, whose name is Thorn, whatever that's worth. Right. Yeah. So there's there there's your two guys. Okay. And so he suspects that Thorn has has his son. Right. right? Kidnapped that's, him. Yeah. Right. Kidnapped him. And uh, he's like, I want a meeting with him tonight. So we're heading further in, into the night, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we get to an Italian restaurant. Go, go <laughs> named, figure. Named Pete's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They apparently make the best cannolis in Gotham. Yeah. But... According to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cop, actually. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. You'll find out very soon why he's 
Anyways, go on. Anyway, okay. So it's a good he, show. He gets to the meeting. They send all their henchmen out. The Thorn, you know, ha- finally gets the guy to gets gets Stromwell to sit down, mm-hmm. and they're going to start discussing something. And he finds a reason to leave the room. He's like, you know, go start getting pasta ready or something like that. And then he like locks the door behind him. And soon enough, Stromwell realizes he's been had. Mm-hmm. And the next scene, you see the building explode. Right. right. So. Classic Italian mob style kind of stuff. Looks like one family just took off the head of the other family, basically. Right, right. So it looks like one's gone. Mm-hmm. But little do you know, uh, Batman knows all about it. Mm-hmm. He's He was in the restaurant earlier when they were planning all this stuff. Disguised. He's the world's greatest detective. Yeah, yeah. He's disguised <laughs> as like a drunk man at the table. I'm like, I bet that's Batman. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Some of these things are predictable. But it's but great. It's great. Honestly. No, it's great. Yeah, it makes for a good story. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, Batman's there, right? And he... Saves Stromwell. He saves him, pulls him out the back of the building. The building completely explodes, goes up in flames, um, and he's pulling him aside. And anyway, so that's one thing that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, the police are like, yep, this was definitely arson. There was a bomb. And one guy says, oh, that's 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 too bad. Pete's had the best cannolis in the shop. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's where that comes in. Okay. Um... Critical to the plot. <laughs> yeah, so critical to the plot. Uh, so the next thing that happens, um, let me know if I miss anything here. So Batman saves Stromwell, but to try to convince him in the course of things to stop his organization, which mm-hmm. is which is essentially uh, a drug manufacturer. Right. And not a pharmaceutical kind of drug manufacturer. Right. right. Illicit and illegal drugs. Right. And, and, oh, just quick side note, like when Batman escapes, there's this weirdo like homeless guy god bless him uh who like sees him escape and like he tells the cops all about it and even the way he tells them is very interesting we'll get back to that though when we start really parsing this apart and but another mob guy who's just watching the site to see what had happened hears about it and he goes and tells thorn Mm -hmm. the guy who thought he had assassinated stromwell he says no batman got him out and they're both alive so thorn immediately starts looking for him because he suspects Batman is trying to turn this guy so that he can turn all the evidence over to the cops. Okay, go ahead. Which is not going to be good for Thorne in any any sort of way. So one thing, one detail we we missed that's very important to the Mm. underlying part of the story. Oh, yeah. Trains. Yep, trains. So on the way to the restaurant, uh, uh, Stromwell's in the back of his, one of his man's cars, and they get stopped by a, by a train at right, the crossing yeah, the there. Crossing roads, crossing signs drop down, and a right. train's driving by. And you see him go into this panicked ex- expression on his face, and they go into a flashback. Mm-hmm. And you see this whole thing play out from when he is a child. So Stromwell, as a child, is out uh, walking with his brother. Right. They're, they're walking, and they're in the train yards, mm-hmm. okay? Places where boys like to go, they shouldn't go. Right. Right. Okay. You learn that Stromwell had had started his life of crime early, right? right? And that there was there was uh, some candy that he'd stolen, mm-hmm. right? And that he was trying to get his brother to, to take to it. take some of it. Mm-hmm. And his brother, who's a righteous young man, says, "No, I'm not going to take that. You stole that. That's that's not good." Well, and it's, the conversation kind of gets cut off because all of a sudden they they see they hear and see this train coming down the the line, and you know uh, Michael. Right. Michael's the name of the brother. The little brother, the little right? Brother. Gets off the track and is standing, you know, away. But then he turns around and notices that his big brother is, uh, is stuck. stuck. He's the, you know, the um, 
the track shifted or what is it? They they threw the switch right, right? and his and legs his, in his it. foot got pinned for mm-hmm. just a brief moment right. Okay, so then he the trains come and trains come in big anticipation. Oh, he's able to free himself in time and get out he of the jumps way. Jumps out of the way, but except. then <laughs> except in true Batman form, it's never never that easy. No, right. So there's another train that's coming on the opposing <laughs> track. And so sure enough, it's like, it's like happening just, you know, as soon as he gets off the track, another mm-hmm. train is coming. And he freezes. And he and he, he freaks out. And, and then, that's and that's sort of where they leave that right. for and then the he, first time. And he pulls himself back together from his flashback, for lack right. of a better word. The train goes by, and he goes to the restaurant, and everything we just described happens. The restaurant explodes. Right. But and you can tell that there's something traumatic in his past that, that keeps coming up that he him. is always, yeah, worried about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the, Batman the, rescues him. Right. There's a big chase, right? Eventually, eventually Thorne discovers what has happened. Right. And they're they're, they're looking all for they're him. all after Batman and Stromwell, right? right. And so, there's this big chase. But first, Batman takes him to see his son. Oh, that's right. And so Batman, it, guy, doesn't want anything to do with Batman. You know, he's trying to be this tough guy, but he knows he's been saved, but he doesn't want to cooperate. Basically, yeah. Batman says, "I'm going to show you where your son is," mm-hmm. and and he takes him. Actually, this is interesting. The, mm-hmm. This is the little plot point here. He takes him to the building. Where Stromwell had his start as like a basically a drug lord, yeah, right, and now the place has been converted to like a hospital for for recovering drug addicts, exactly, and that's where his son is. Mm-hmm. His son has apparently been has taken some of even his own drugs because he finds his wife there apparently, and again it, it becomes clear in this real quick scene his wife and him are estranged or separated, and she's left him and she's there with his son. And and he says, "Why didn't you tell me?" She's like, "I don't want anything to do with you." And don't don't wake our son because he's he's terribly sick right now. Right. And withdrawal symptoms. And withdrawal stuff like symptoms. That. So, uh, uh, Shromwell, his first name's Arnold. They call him Arnie throughout oh, that's right. this. Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. He, he freaks out and he backs out of there. Uh, and and Batman's waiting for him because again, Batman's almost like the ghost of. Christmas, whatever, past, present, and future, <laughs> all throughout this episode. Kind of, well, yeah. He's showing him a lot of stuff. Honestly, I never actually made that connection until I just said that. That's mm. funny. Well, we might touch on that later. Anyways, the um, and Batman's like, all right. He's like, that's what your work does to to people. And now it's, you know, it's infected your very family. And like, you can sort of like taste mm-hmm. the misery. I think he calls it, you built an empire of misery, I think is what he says to him. What a right. great hardcore line in a kid's show. Right. And Well, one thing we need to do real quick here. Yeah. Um, because we we missed one little plot point. Oh yeah, sorry. Go ba- back to the train. So so yeah. While again, yet while they're traveling, because Batman's over is watching Stromwell travel to the restaurant, right? And he's in a high vantage point. And, and I love how they reveal where he is. Oh yeah, There's they, they kind of zoom up and they they you see he a goes gar- over a gargoyles and then then you and see, then see him. Batman. He, so he's standing on a church. He's standing on a church. But and it's not just like oh it's Gotham there are gargoyles and mm-hmm. he's standing on a church. No, like he's going to go into this church and he's going to go find the priest that's there. Right. So Batman right. watches Stromwell drive by, and Stromwell actually looks over at the church. This is one of the cool things. So there's the reflection in the glass of yep. the uh, of the car as they drive by, and Stromwell looks over at the church, and then he puts his head down and turns and looks away. And it's really one of these, mm. there's a lot of subtlety in this episode, oh, yeah. Dan. Like, I'm going to go back through and catch some of the points, but like, that's one of them. And Batman's, you know, standing in like the bell tower, like overwatching this. And as soon as Stromwell goes by, he goes into the church. And what's yeah. he do, Dan? Well, he finds the priest that's there and he says, hey, it's all going to go down tonight. You should be there, father. Mm-hmm. And 
and he tells him, you know, it's with Arnold, it's going to happen now. And the priest says something like, that's one, that's one soul that I wish I could give up on. <laughs> and he says, and of course, Batman says, I don't believe you'd give up on any soul. And then he, he walks out. And he walks out. And so anyway. he leaves that, leaves that, leaves the, but like Catholic priest, there he is, right? Right, and the Catholic priest actually, I never know that subtly, again, just like Arnold did, he puts his head down too. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so all the rescue happens, they go see his son. Mm-hmm. And Batman says, you get, you're going to turn over, you've got to turn over the evidence so that yeah. you can shut down your operation and indict Thorn, too. Because Batman's trying to shut down all the mobs in the city. Mm-hmm. And they go to a train yard, yep, which is where he keeps his records. Mm-hmm. And go ahead. Well, it's interesting because there, there is definitely resistance on the part of Arnold, right. uh, you know, Stromwell, for, for the initial part of this until things really, really go get out of hand. Like right. Thorne finds them and they're after him and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all that going on. But, you know, they're in this train yard. So anyway, they, they pull out the records. He oh, hands sure. them to Batman. Right. Batman looks, because Batman's like one of the smartest men in the world, in the DC universe. Yeah. And he just looks at him for a couple of seconds. He's like, these aren't real. He's like, these are dummy records. He turns around and Cromwell's got a gun. <laughs> and yep. he's like, oh, you, yeah. he's like, I'm not giving you anything. Again, like he's completely had a change of his heart again. Right. Like he's not, he doesn't want to cooperate with Batman. And he says, I'm going to get my son out of that hospital and I'm going to you know, win my mob war and everything's going to work out for me and just, I don't have to Just change. like he's always done. Right, exactly. He's going to take things into his own charge. Exactly. And then Thorne shows up. They tear gas the place. The uh, Thorne's mob does. Uh, Arnold's disabled. Batman goes into Batman mode, says to the guy, stay here, and just starts wiping out thugs because <laughs> that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. And, but Arnold doesn't listen to Batman and yep. he leaves. So, ba- so that's right. Arnold's fleeing now into the train yard to try and get away from Batman and the thugs mm-hmm. who are hunting him. And Batman's, he starts doing that Overwatch thing again, where he, and honestly, one more nerd thing, kind of military-esque, like he's very good about like how he takes down those thugs. He like waits until they're separated mm-hmm. or he just gets like one moment and then he'll knock out one and then he'll keep moving. Yeah. And it's very hit and run tactic. He doesn't just confront them immediately. He just starts picking them off. Yep. And it also has this, this again, like there's this communication and the beauty of the art, like some parts of the episode are better drawn than others. You can tell mm-hmm. where they take their time and like where Batman is like moving through shadow and like and gunfire and like grabbing these guys from behind or coming up, you know, over them even off of a train. It's that's where like they clearly concentrated the majority of their time in, in drawing. Okay. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So they land in this train yard again and Arnie yeah. goes into flashback mode again. You get the rest of the story. Go ahead, tell it. So after all those things had happened in the previous flashback, right? Uh, it's revealed that, oh, his brother, Michael, actually pulls him away from the second train track and is apparently hit by the train. Mm-hmm. And you don't know the fate of Michael at the end of that story, but you can see Arnie is just completely, you know, he's, he's completely he's distraught. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's at this point that the priest shows up, mm-hmm. and it's revealed that the priest... Is his brother. It's Michael. Is his, his brother Michael. Right. And, and he says, you know, it's let, let me help you. And, he, and Arnie says, remember the last time you tried to help me? You lost your leg. Mm-hmm. So It's see, really kind of heart-wrenching, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like, it's... This is a kid's show. Right. And it's really, honest to God, packed with, like, emotion. Yeah. And, like, there it is, is... Like, like this, 
I don't want to say this key wound. Yeah, it's a key wound in this character's life. This is all being communicated in 22 minutes of a kid's show. It's pretty good. It's amazing. It's pretty good. And a lot of psychology going into oh, this. Oh, and, and just emotion and like human condition. Right. And he says, you know, don't don't touch me. You know, last time you, you lost your leg. You tried to help me last time. And Michael knocks on his leg. He says, oh, I get by, knock on wood. And his leg's hollow. So again, you know, like prosthesis. Anyways, uh, or prosthetic. The... Um, and and the priest basically calls him out and he's because arnold says you don't need to help me i'm doing fine and he's like yeah you're doing fine he says your wife's left you your kids you know gonna die a drug overdose yeah and your empire's in ruins yeah you sound like you're doing fine (laughs) yeah so much for all that right (laughs) and and so like there's this moment where like they stop and they and they look at each other and and arnold breaks down and hugs his brother and just starts crying and that's when Thorn catches him. And uh, right at that moment, Batman pounces on that mob boss. And just ba- it's a straight, like it isn't massively detailed. Thorn's actually horrifically overweight. He doesn't stand much of a chance. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and Batman takes him out just as the police arrive. And then, and then Batman's gone. And he's, he's just there for a second. And then he, he leaves. And... They they turn around. The two brothers turn around, and the and Michael has his arm on Arnold's shoulder, and uh, the police arrive. The police arrive, and Commissioner Gordon comes out, and he says, "Commissioner," uh, Arnold says to the commissioner, uh, who's the head of the uh, Gotham PD, "You know, I have a statement I'd like to make, heavily implying that he's about to, you know, confess all all the doings of of the mob." And then it it pans up and over, and there's Batman elevated again, and it moves past. Batman, mm-hmm. who's overwatching the scene. And they do that a lot, where, like, mm-hmm. they, they pull back and they show up. Even in that Killer Croc episode, like, Batman overwatches them as they take Croc out. Sure. Um, they pull past Batman, and it turns through the darkness. And what's it end on? You remember? Is it the church again? It ends on the church. Yeah. And then, and then there's, like, a bell, and it goes dark. Hmm. And that's, that's the episode. That's, uh, shoot, what was the name of that? You can, it's never too late. It's never too late. That's that's the episode. Nice. So, hua. So, what did you late. think? Oh, I mean, uh, lots of redemption, lots of you know facing into the hard truth, lots of um, you know re- like repairing of relationship. Uh, oh my gosh! Um, like it's so Catholic. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's it's not even like not even just like subtly or like. Oh yeah, you can totally see that, like Middle Earth subtlety. Like there's a Catholic church yep. in this episode, <laughs> right? Yep, it's very clear that, that it's a Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. Ain't no Italian living in New York gonna become something other than a, than a Catholic, Catholic priest, priest, you know? And and it's just so <laughs> so beautifully done. Um, but let's let's begin. So first of all, let's just go over parts of the subtlety. Sure. That again, like I said, this is like in any any sort of beautiful art. Or like I think of architecture, think of a church, mm-hmm. uh, like a beautiful cathedral. Um, there's all sort of subtlety and nuance. You mentioned like the mustache on the saint. That's clearly like a head nod oh, yeah. to uh, <laughs> to uh, your to the bishop who in, um, in Ohio. By the way, yeah. that particular bi- bishop actually also had a prosthetic leg. <laughs> <laughs> What are the odds? I was just thinking about that. I'm like, this is too funny. Coincidence? I think, <laughs> I not. think not. Oh, uh, Bishop Campbell. That was God his name. bless Bishop, Bishop Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Um, who's who? 
has a his mustache makes an appearance in a piece of art in uh, a chapel in forever forever in commemorated in Saint Terribius Chapel. Yes, amazing. Yeah. Anywho, um, that was weird. But the, yeah, I know. But like all, all the there's, <laughs> so there's all this subtlety and like in everything beautiful. There's like subtlety and decoration and that sort of quality. Okay, this episode works just like that. We talked about the children right at the beginning and like this. This changing, like you can tell it's already getting darker and the kids don't want to be near. And like I said, that's just the first five seconds. Um, and then, I mean, you can even talk about like how the characters develop. But what I, I first want to go to is is there's a constant ringing or siren throughout like this these this episode. So like the first time you sort of see it and you hear it. So like they'll oftentimes when they transition scenes, they'll be sort of like a... Kind of, kind of sound. I'm not doing it justice. Um, but that's how you know, like, you're moving on to another location. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's the ringing of of the train stop where mm. the signs come down. Sure. And it's going, you know, bang, 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 bang. That's yeah. the best. That's my best I can do. Sorry, right. people. Everyone's heard it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not like that guy from Police Academy. I can't do it. Well, don't judge me. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> anyways, but, like, that noise, like, is part of, like, the trigger for... Mm-hmm. For Stromwell, and it's not just you know really good audio visual uh, mm-hmm. artistic expression in 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 this animation. It's it's meant to be a, a real guide in the story and like how worried he is because in that flashback, he then hears the train whistle mm-hmm. and then is now after he's saved from the explosion, and Batman takes him to the clinic. He tries to walk away from the clinic before Batman takes him in. And he freezes because he can hear the church bells, hmm. which are oddly reminiscent of the train whistle and of those well, lights. Yeah. And, it's all related back to his brother. And so, like, he freezes, and then Batman grabs him and pulls him into the clinic, and he meets his son. Hmm. Okay. The same thing happens, again, in the train yard. And this time, there is nothing coming or anything like that. But it's just the trigger of the flashback is that train whistle. Mm-hmm. And then, finally, at the end of the episode... There is very clearly, and this is the cool thing too, like again, like you mentioned the darkness, like it gets, it's dark at the beginning, you're like, oh, it's night, and then it gets black, and you're like, oh, now it's night. Mm-hmm. And they really offset that with like the reds of the explosion, which right. again, we'll talk about that too. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then they get into the, um, and so then they're in the train yard, and it is just black. And then at the end, after he says, I want to make a statement, and the camera pans past Batman to the church, the church is offset by this light background because the hmm. sun's coming up it's been going on oh, all wow. night hmm. and then as the episode goes black you hear the church bell chime one more time mm-hmm. and so like throughout it all there's like sort of this you know why why do we have sirens and bells and that sort of thing to signal that something is happening that you can't see and yeah and in that there is this amazing communication that like pay attention this is actually important. There's more to the situation than meets the eye. And again, I, I return to that idea that like man is so much more than just a than just a dog who just eats and sleeps. And if he has enough food and he has enough time to rest, then he's content. No, like man is 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 like driven by like hidden forces deep within his very psyche. Hmm. And and they're tied into to traumas and they're they're tied into tragedies. And they're tied into something deeply spiritual. Mm-hmm. And and they call us into darkness and they call us out mm-hmm. of darkness. And they warn us what's in the dark. And they also tell us that, you know, something good is coming. And that's sort of 
every time like that chime hits, there's a revelation of something. Anyways, so that's just like one part of it, uh, talking about the subtlety of it all. And then to go even further, there is that explosion. Like that's uh, actually, I think one of the, like it's not just action for action's sake. Mm -hmm. I don't think they did too much of that in the series, to be honest with you. A little bit here and there. But in general, that's just to demonstrate that the stakes are high kind of thing. Right. Um, not just gratuity like, no, you know. No, it's, it's, it's an appropriate level of... Of, of like consumption. Like, oh, this is, and, this is dangerous kind of thing. And, right. and you have to be really skilled to be doing what you're doing kind of thing. Right. Like, Batman. Oh, like Batman. Okay, cool. So this explosion happens. And again, what happens? They turn the lights out hmm. on Arnie when he's in there. And now he's just in the dark. Mm -hmm. And... And Batman's in the room with him, though. Like, you sort of, again, like, it's, I've watched the episode, like, four or five times, Dan. So, if you didn't see Batman in the restaurant, that's okay, but he's in there when right. they turn the nope. lights out. You're you right. Caught, I yeah. saw that. And, and he almost bumps into him. And then the explosion. And then Batman, like, kicks open this door, and he's this black shadow carrying this man, and he's backlit by red and smoke. Right. And he goes up because he's got one of his grappling hooks he out. He goes up and it, the explosion gets worse. Right, right. <laughs> and and Arnie comes too. And you remember what happens? He's all woozy. And he looks Batman right in the face. Uh -huh. and, and he says, oh, no. And, yeah. and then he says, where am I? And then he says, oh, I'm alive. Yep. Like, so like what, what – so Batman, you know, in his stupor has mm. this demonic – appearance which again batman cultivates to terrify the underworld and criminals right but because again he says they're they're naturally superstitious people who know they're doing wrong and so he plays off of that but it's interesting because there are other words that are said at some point in this in this show in this particular episode go ahead which indicate exactly what the role is that he's playing mm -hmm. like some sort of dark angel pulling mm -hmm. someone from the gate of hades right exactly right exactly that was, that was that homeless person is that homeless guy who's sort of like the prophet and yeah, yeah. right like no one listens to the crazy guy <laughs> classic <laughs> but classic but like again like so you know on one hand you don't you want to say well that that loses its subtlety but on the other hand like, one, eight-year-olds are watching this man, so, like, you got to make things somewhat clear, because I didn't catch that when I was a kid, really. Right. I, I, I wasn't putting the story together, like, oh, that's how they're communicating back to Thorne to, that he should be looking for him. Yeah. That's happening, yes. But then there's, like, don't miss this, like, almost like Dante-esque mm. mm. aspect of, like... This is something that's saving this guy. Right. And, and Batman becomes, like, the guide. Like, again, there's this... Oh... A Christmas Carol kind of tone to it. This mm. Dickens-esque kind of like the ghost of Christmas past. Face into this, man. Like face, right. face into your past something, for the sake of your future. Exactly. Like yeah. something supernatural uh. is moving this guy. Yeah. Almost. Batman sort of takes the place of the supernatural. And, oh, gosh. Like he could really be Saint Batman in some respect. <laughs> but, Don't you mean Saint Bruce Wayne? Yeah, Saint Bruce Wayne. Let's be fair. The, uh, and, he's, <laughs> and he's really taking this man... Through his his life, and again, not not it's not clearly it's not like you know I am the ghost of Christmas past. Look and see what you. No, did. I mean it's much more passive than that. Right, you know he's it's not so you know it's in not your a, face. It's not a Dickens novel. Right, but 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 there are certain things that are I don't know as far as a uh, screenplay goes, mm -hmm. uh, very very Dickens like, and so far as how the story is wrapped around itself and mm -hmm. how the loose ends are tied up at the end. So neat, you know, yeah. But but like so there so already like there is this clear overtone of the spiritual hmm. being played out here like yep. you are being rescued right. and it's not 
right. like the nicest of ways either. Like mm-hmm. it's a severe mercy that Batman is putting this man through. Yeah, Fi- um, fire and pain and cuts and bruises. I mean, not right. all. It's purgatorial. Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no, the guy's all tore up by the end of the episode. Like he starts out in this real nice mob suit, and after the blast, he's just a wreck. Yeah, and they never really stop drawing that. Yeah. And again, well, yeah. For the rest mm-hmm. of the episode, you can see all the seams are torn. There's, there's definitely red coming out from underneath. Right. He's been undone. Know. Yeah. From, from like this, this further trauma, and it's really, really beautiful subtlety, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was another point. Is like clearly they're trying to communicate that like there is something else at play here. Otherwise, the man's just dead. And again, like he's scared about what would happen to him. Honest to God, if right. he died. Because mm-hmm. he thinks he's in hell when he snaps to and sees Batman. Mm-hmm. And because he's, he's shocked, he's, no, no, no. And then he says, where am I? And then he says, oh, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you see this demonic looking figure. Right, surrounded by fire and smoke. And I say the thing is, demonic mm-hmm. isn't really necessarily the right thing. Because it's a very appropriate that that uh, Batman gets put amongst the gargoyles on, on the church. Yes. Because gargoyles, yes. gargoyles aren't evil creatures. No, they aren't. They're they're actually they're actually good creatures. The idea behind gargoyles, architecturally speaking and aesthetically speaking, was to was to be something that would scare away Demons. the spirits of evil. Yeah, like no, there it is. Yeah. So Batman's almost like one of the gargoyles, mm-hmm. and but people can mistake gargoyles for something evil. Exactly, if they don't know what they're looking at, right? And if they don't know, you know, the 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 truth of their existence, so to speak, right? And it's almost what's that poem the 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 hounds of heaven. Oh, the Hound of Heaven. Like, yeah. No, like, it pursues. And, okay, my brother's going to see if he can't find it on the shelf. It's also in the, um, in the, in the more Noble Sword of Brevery. You can find it there, too. But, the, uh, but if you have it straight up in the book, yeah, praise God. So my buddy's digging out this poem, which is very appropriate to Batman, which is very appropriate to this whole discussion of, of basically the church and Jesus Christ. And, anywho, so that's one more piece of the subtlety that's there. And then, you know, there's quite obviously, like, the priest and what Batman says to him. Because, like, the priest, the priest is clearly a man because he doesn't want anything to do with, with his brother anymore. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. and Batman, who he's not afraid of, mm-hmm. like, he's like, oh, it's you. Like, that's the thing is, if you know what you're looking at, it won't scare you, even if, you know, it's the unknown that's truly terrifying right and but he knows that batman is like this force of good and so even though he's like a little obviously surprised that this guy just let himself in and oh it's batman like he's not afraid of him when he talks to him and he says like that's the interesting thing like the mob boss is constantly scared of batman trying to get rid of him trying to get away from him or get rid of him and like his wife the mob boss wife isn't afraid of him she thanks him for helping him find his son and the priest isn't afraid of him and he, you know, is, is just shocked that he's in there. But then he, he just takes it in stride and, mm-hmm. and admits his own human weakness, that in his own humanity, which is really almost, you know, Garden of Gethsemane-esque, you know, I wish I didn't have yeah. to deal with this anymore. Yep. Yeah. Let this kept pass. <laughs> right. Exactly. And then he goes. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. You find it? So Francis Thompson is the poet. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I mm. fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind and in the midst of tears. Mm-hmm. I hid from him, and under running laughter, up vistade hopes I sped, and shot precipitated, adown titanic glooms and of chasmed fears. 
from those strong feet that followed, followed after. But with unhurrying chase and unperturbed pace, deliberate speed, majesty, majestic instancy, they beat, and a voice beat, more instant than the feet. All things betray thee who betrayest me. And there's more. But it's the idea. This is this this is um, entitled The Hound of Heaven. Uh, and so it's it's running and running and running from the Lord. <laughs> As he pursues. And he, it, he's, you're not going to get away from him. <laughs> right. But but yeah, so there's, there's so much more that's going on there. Yeah. But um, a final point. I had a friend in oh, seminary yeah. who memorized this. It's a beautiful poem. Yep. No, again. Shout out to Evan Jones. Uh, uh, anyway. The Hound of Heaven, man. Yeah. And final point, like in the flashback. Again, I love the subtlety in this whole thing. He jumps. So he's stuck on the tracks, like he's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then by, you know, his own power, Arnie, as a kid, basically frees his leg and, and looks like he gets away on his own power. Right. And all he's done is jump into another mess. Yep. And now, and then there's no way out of that one. Right. You know, and then, and then his brother like bursts in and gets him. Yeah. Like he's been rescued like this whole time throughout this whole episode. Yep. Everything by is his brother, by Batman, by yeah. his brother. Everything is bent around getting him. Right. Even and as he to some extent makes his situation worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And explosions right. and, and other wounds. Yeah. Other demons coming after him. Thorn for crying out loud is the right. name of the other villain. Yeah. And mm, a thorn in the flesh. I know, right? <laughs> and and Everything is is maneuvered, uh. even at the last, to to protect this man, right? So that he can, you know, it's never too late, kind of thing. There's a scriptural element of this too, in yeah. which, like, you know, the the little brother who's very clearly righteous, you know, telling him, "I'm not going to eat the candy. You stole that stuff, man. Right. You should, Michael. You, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael. He becomes a priest, right? Even it, like his early introduction to pain and suffering, mm. you know, the priest but, is but victim. Like, yeah, a priest is victim, sure. But then there's also the reality of, you know, why um uh well, it's this the problem of like, you know, why why do the evil have have no uh troubles? You know, mm-hmm. why why is it that only good only good men suffer? Suffer. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, actually it's it's there's it's not uncommon for those who suffer to be good men. Right. On the contrary, actually. Right. You know? And it's very clear that Stromwell is suffering. Throughout the whole thing, he's a bad man, right? So all the more, all the more good that can come from when he finally turns around. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. again, it's so like yeah. again. So that's the episode, and that's. I mean, do you have anything else to say on it, brother? Because again, like I just love, I love that episode. It's I would recommend favorites. to our listeners to go and find and watch it, just because. I mean, even if you're not like a Batman DC comic kind of person, like mm-hmm. it's really not. It really, honestly, the whole episode was nothing. Because it wasn't about Batman. He was an instrument in right. this whole thing, mm-hmm. right? So, so I mean, the under the underpinning like tropes of the story are are worth watching from a Christian perspective. Um, it's yeah, it's just for one thing, it's thoroughly Catholic because oh yeah, it's, all these are, <laughs> it's totally in your face Catholic. It's, it's pretty much direct. <laughs> they could have called it Batman, the Catholic episode. <laughs> 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 the oh teachings my of the Catholic Church incorporated in a 22-minute segment with Batman in it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Catholic Church's favorite gargoyle. You yeah. Know? So. There it is. And, and again, it's, it's just. The world's greatest gargoyle. The world's greatest gargoyle. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Swear to me. Swear to me. Anyway. All right. So I, I, that's, but no, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's kind it. of it in the nutshell. Um, yeah. Go watch Batman. Yeah. 
you have, to, you have permission from your priest to go watch Batman. This episode of Batman. Everything this else one. must be screened through me. I must watch it first. <laughs> I go before you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I think that's. I think, that's that, I think that'll be it for today. Um, thank you for listening to the Dave's Fault podcast. I'm Father Dan Kale. I'm Father Stephen Felicia, and we're always always at your service. Uh, you know, pray for us. We'll pray for you. That's a fact. Um, get in touch with us at Deus Volt. What is it? Deus Volt oh. Podcast at Gmail dot com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, look for some more uh, good content from us coming up in the near future. We're yeah. hoping to have some guests on. Uh, we're getting some things planned out. We have some other things in store. We're, we're excited about them, we and are. Uh, and it's gonna be gonna be great. So thank you for listening. God bless you, and as always, Deus Volt. Deus Volt.